Welcome to the Just Do It podcast, hosted by Anne Duffy. Dental Entrepreneur Women is here to dive deep and share stories with the mission to inspire, highlight, empower, and connect all women in dentistry. Well, good morning, everyone. It's Anne Duffy, and this is the Just Do It podcast with a very special guest today. We have become dear friends, and when we showed up today on our video, we look like twinsies. So, you know, we we have that some kind of um, commonality here that uh, keeps us together with this, us two tall blondes and, um, you know, just loving on each other so often. I met this beautiful lady uh, through a good friend of mine, Shaquille Angadi, uh, was bragging on her because she had just done her video for her uh, previous uh dental office and her um, coaching career. And um, she connected us. And from the very first conversation, which I still remember, I was in um, my bedroom, actually on a, on one of my favorite chairs. And we just talked and talked and uh, we became fast friends. Please help me welcome Joanna Scott. Hi, Joanna. Hi, Anne. Thank you so much for having me. This is truly an honor. Um, you're one of my favorite people in the world. And this is actually my first podcast where I am like the solo guest. So this is a big moment for me, <laughs> for sure. I'm super wow. excited. Yeah. I, I kind of have, it feels like a big moment for me as well. I'm honored to be your first host on our podcast. Um, and I can't think of um, a better person to have today. You know, I've known you for, I don't know, well over a year. I don't know what a year and a half, something like that, two years maybe. And um, I know a little bit about your background, but I'd love you to tell us a little bit about uh, how you first got in the dental profession and walk us on that journey. Well, a little bit about me. I'll give you a little backstory before I jump into part of that story. Um, I'm a mama to a preteen. So I have a preteen daughter. I have a six foot tall teenager um, who still lets me hug him, which is really great. <laughs> um, I've been married to my high school sweetheart for 25 years, and we're just having a blast running Studio 88, um, which is now in its eighth year. And I personally am just an advocate for storytelling. I think that storytelling and sharing stories and sharing some of the things that, you know, we've all moved through, pushed through some of those even harder experiences is what truly creates connection um, with others. And so I'm just excited to kind of, you know, share some of my background of um, some of the things I went through before I even found my connection to the dental profession. Um, so, so you, you were had that natural inclination um, from the very beginning. And uh, I love, let's back up a bit though. First, you got the, the teenage son. He is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he is just a doll. I love watching him grow. And I love the fact when we were connecting yesterday, um, the kids were making dinner. How yes, neat is yeah. that? What a good mom you are. You're teaching them how to you know, navigate the kitchen and to see them working together must bring you so much joy. Yeah, they're... They're extraordinary. I mean, I think probably every mama feels that way about her kiddos, you know, even as they grow and get older and um, they're, they're awesome. You know, they still drive me crazy, just like any other, all, all children do, I think. Exactly. <laughs> um, but they're growing and, you know, and I'm growing too, as their mom, you know, I grew, I feel like it's such a, they grow, I grow, we learn each other, you know, learn how to, I learned how to be a better parent 
Um, you know, I'm even, this is another conversation, but I'm, we did their strengths recently and, and I'm reading, you know, strengths-based parenting. And so just having some of those resources has been so helpful this year, um, for sure. Just navigating puberty, navigating all of the developmental changes with them. And so it's an honor to be their mom for sure. Well, I love the fact that you, you studied organizational management uh, in college. And, and that it makes you want a, a great mom to organize all the things that go on. And I was reading your strengths. So we'll talk about that in another podcast too, but uh, you've got some chops behind you and I, and tell us, so I did jump ahead and I'm glad that you talked a little bit about how you fell in love with storytelling, because I love the, um, the motto that your story's worth it. And you and I are aligned in that stories really are powerful. Mm-hmm. But it probably goes back to, you know, where you started. So tell us about how you yeah. got started, even in your, in your career, because here you yeah. are uh, in, a, in, you know, you segue or you, you navigated in a different direction. So where'd you start? Well, my professional journey really started when I was 20. I wasn't married yet. And I went out to Oklahoma, completed a seminary program there. And basically they trained, you know, people with a passion for student ministry. And I was trained to be a student pastor Um, and got married to Josh Scott during our time there. And then we started our life together in full-time vocational ministry. We spent over a decade working at two different churches together, just pioneering student programs, leading, developing teams, and helping the churches grow. Um, During these years, I spent time at a nonprofit that I absolutely love, writing grants, developing their private foundation um, relationships. And my daughter was a baby. So it was awesome just to be able to have that flexibility to work from home. Um, After a few years, I started to feel a deep longing for more. The passion I felt for what I was doing just was kind of tapering off. We all know what that kind of feels like. And uh, my heart was telling me my journey of working, you know, with students and um, wasn't finished. So I, um, I came across a story from the founder of the Los Angeles uh, Dream Center in, in LA. And um, Matthew Barnett is the kind of like leader of that organization. And it's a nonprofit um, that serves all of the underserved you know, people in that, you know, the community of Los Angeles. Anyways, his book, um, which I have with me, The Cause Within You, was really pivotal in me stopping and going, wait, is what I'm doing fulfilling? Is it, is it like really um, connecting with my true purpose? And, you know, he talks about how finding the cause within each of us is it's pivotal to like living this life of joy, this life of like tapping into your true purpose. There's nothing like it. So after realizing that my current role there was not maximizing you know, all of my gifts within me, I resigned within weeks of this decision, my phone rang and I basically got offered like my dream job. Um, It was one of the most challenging and rewarding professional seasons of my life. Um, Fast forward, I was hired for student director and I spent over a year developing new programming and infrastructure for their middle school and high school, you know, groups. And I remember, you know, one night having over a hundred middle schoolers in one room at this experience. And it was just like madness. Also also just like exhilarating because I love these kids so much and they were in a great space there. And um, so things were thriving Um, within a year, the lead pastor, you know, came to me and 
asked me if I would take on the role as executive director and then also oversee this new $11 million building campaign. And um, I said, yes. I had, I began throwing myself into the work though. And I, it, it led to me working 60 plus hours a week easily. I was always on my laptop at night trying to finish up everything. And the more hours I put in, the more was put on my plate. You know how that goes. Mm-hmm. My one role turned into the role of like really three to four people. And in the meantime, while my head was down working, the leadership of the church just was, you know, developing very unhealthy patterns of behavior. Um, you know, that feeling in your, that we all get in our gut that Mm -hmm. alerts us that something isn't right. Like that tingling sensation where your whole body, you know, gets like fueled by adrenaline. It's almost like fight or flight. And after two years of working at this church, that unsettling feeling just became my day to day. Um, and like the whole atmosphere there quickly just turned into fear you could feel it. Fear mm-hmm. of making the lead pastor who was dealing with paranoia at this point, fear of making him angry. Wow. I had noticed from the beginning that he would call team members, even executive ones into a room alone. And because it was behind closed doors, I wasn't sure what was going on. And then the conversations began to get louder and the whole office could hear what was going on at this point. He was berating them. I watched person after person go through these horribly emotionally abusive experiences and it's one thing when you, you watch other people going through them, and then it's something else when you start living it and it starts happening to you. Uh, the last dreadful experience I went through with this man was when they fired me for, you know, with no warning, no reason. And I had given everything to them. I'm kind of like your all in person, right? I can all understand that. Yeah. yeah. All in with my heart, all in with like, my work ethic, everything. So I felt like my, you know, heart, everything was just being ripped out of my chest at that point. Yeah, well, you know, you said a couple of things there. First of all, I know you're an achiever. So of course you would work the 60 to 80 hours and yes. do whatever it took. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then also just, it's, I, I don't know, sometimes I, you think, is, is it me or is it everybody else? And they're getting berated and belittled. And you're thinking, when's my turn coming? And that's like, when is the yeah. shoe going to drop on mm-hmm. me? Why do you think you were so devastated? And in a way, I think of that, I guess, because you were an achiever, right? Mm-hmm. Who would ever, you probably look at yourself like, who would ever fire me? I just gave my heart and soul. I yeah. took ownership in this. Yeah. That, that, first of all, and then you think about it. And then I'm thinking about it. Well, it was a blessing in disguise possibly Mm -hmm. to release you for something else um, that, you know, it's funny how you get all those God whispers, but to make the, that jump yourself, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't, you know, as an achiever would probably never give up on it. Sometimes I think we just stay in a situation that's not great and keep taking it and take it because we know that, you know, maybe we can change it because we believe we can do anything if we just work a little harder and put a few more hours in. Yeah, I couldn't agree with what you just said there more. Achievers are, you know, typically very strong, strong willed, strong minded. So I think that many of us and I found I found myself obviously in this situation, you know, um, in this particular story of part of my life. uh, The loyalty factor is so strong. So Mm -hmm. there's that sense of loyalty that you're right. We never give up because it's always about like accomplishing the goal, finishing the project, 
seeing the growth happen or what, you know, whatever you're working towards. And so I find myself in situations I don't know, you know, I, I think as I step back and I'm not in that bubble anymore, I, I wonder, and I had asked myself like, gosh, Joanna, what was it going to take for you to go? This isn't healthy for me to stay here. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. That's just so hard. I mean, again, because you just achievers, you, you will draw, you will fall down, but you get right back up and it's just, it's, it's, yeah. it's life. And that's why obviously uh, you are thriving in what you went to, which is the an entrepreneur business that Josh started and tell me how that all happened. Because again, I, I think about that. I, I agree with you. Sometimes it's like, we're not going to give up, but thank you for, for releasing me. And yeah. so then what happened after, cause you know, and again, I think that we're also achievers are proud in a good way. Yeah. Not, not necessarily prideful, yeah. but we are, we like to accomplish things. And it's like, I'm, you know, I get it. I would be embarrassed a little bit and I'd be like, I don't even yeah. tell anybody. And how can, you know, I mean, like that, just like who would ever do that? And, and it's never, ha- I bet that never has happened to you before where you were actually no. fired. No, it was humiliating. So you're completely right. I mean, I was just humiliated and shocked. I thought I can never tell anybody this. And actually, and this is my first time, like my family and friends and things know, but um, this is my first time ever kind of publicly sharing this story. Um, I mean, I was, it was one of multiple executive team members who had either figured out how toxic the environment was left on their own, or I was one of the last remaining few who just, you know, got in the middle of his anger and just got fired for no reason. Um, two of the symptoms that really, I kind of fell into were, um, you know, isolation. I started to hide myself from everybody. Um, I was afraid of running into all the people in the community um, because I worked like five minutes away from. Yeah. So it was you your, know, they yes. were all your people and where you yeah. lived. Yeah. And, you know, most of them didn't even know what had happened to me. I'd all they know is all, you know, one day I just disappeared and I was gone. Um, the second symptom that I experienced was, uh, was shame. Uh, you know, I mentioned strong work ethic and achiever, like that's all so important to me, you know, doing the job right and well with integrity. Um, so it was just so, you know, I felt very blindsided and I've been, I've been working for someone who at first he loved and he really helped empower me, you know, um, when it comes to using my gifts and leading and all of that. And over time, he just began to tell me things like you're too intense. People are afraid of you. Or compare me, you know, compare me to other women and tell me I need to be more like them. Um, And it's hard that when you hear that so many times, you know, it becomes like a voice in your head. And if you don't work through that and push them out, they stay and it turns into shame. And I like to say that shame tells us that we need to be small, Mm -hmm. not take up any space, be quiet instead of loud, um, that we're never good enough. And you know, so obviously there was symptoms that went along with all of that, like insomnia and just marriage struggles. Right. I mean, Josh and I had over these past, over those years had grown apart. Um, he's doing a startup and I'm, you know, coming out of this very unhealthy environment. It was not setting him and I up to win at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I had grown distant from my kids. Um, I drank a good amount of wine 
You know what I mean? If I'm getting yeah. real, like yeah. just to right. numb it. Yeah. In the to evening, numb it. Was, yeah. And, and I think that you have to have some help to understand that because it sounds like this particular gentleman um, built you up and then mm-hmm. to tear you down. So it's almost like, you know, and how can someone like you, because you, I know you, you are a strong, fierce woman. And, and if it can happen to you in that situation, Joanna, it can happen to anybody. And it's, it's almost like a predator in a way. When I, when I hear this story coming out, it's like, um, how can someone like you hear that over and over again and under, and not think that's like a red flag first time should have been a red flag. Right. And we stay in yeah. these situations. And I've done, I, I think we, I, I have done the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I look back and I think, why did I stay there? Um, yeah. And then so interesting about the relationship, because I've been in situations um, where I was ashamed or I was, you know, shunned, um, you know, like maybe uh, neighbors in a, in a new neighborhood with my kids, like they didn't like my daughter, so that she wasn't invited. And I mean, it was little things to some people, but it was really tough. And then I would just go on and on and on with Tom. And he is the best husband like you. We got married in our 20s, early 20s. And the poor guy, I mean, I think back on it, would you just, and can you get over it? Right. I mean, yeah. cried for months yeah. over one thing, cried oh. for like six months. I'll oh. never forget it. It still sticks with me. And it was so, when I look back on it, I'm like, you know, it wasn't me. It was the situation. And I mean, honestly, we have to continue to do, be ourselves. And for someone to say, don't be yourself, be somebody else. Oh, as a, as someone like us that have been through strengths finders and we know that, well, you know, I'd like to yeah. try to be somebody else, but hello, God made me this way. And I am <laughs> darned if I'm not going to, you know, live up to his expectations of me. Yeah. Um, tell me about your, your faith though, really kept you intact. I'm sure, or, or kept you on your knees, even though sometimes when you're struggling that hard it's almost like you're in a fetal position and paralyzed and you can't even get out of your own way to Um, heal yeah definitely and my faith is very important to you and I know that's one commonality between you and I and Mm -hmm. you you do lean on it on on God and um especially in moments like that my goodness you know we should every day but you find yourself going thank God I have my faith and that I have him and I'm not alone. Right. Um, you know, there was something that I, I, I definitely started reading books to kind of just reclaim my mindset and get away from that fear mindset. And I had an aha moment um, this one book that I read, the author is Christine Kane and it's called unashamed. I don't know if you've ever heard of her, but she tore her ACL and she, um, I'll just quote her here. And she was talking about recovering from it. And she says, My physical therapist told me, Christine, you will either heal quickly or slowly, completely or partially based on your willingness to embrace the pain of recovery. And sometimes embracing the pain is more painful than the original pain of the injury. Mm. And after, after reading that, I knew two things. I wanted to crawl out of the hole I was in by working through the pain and actually really, really digging down and like working through it. And I also wanted to find my true identity apart from my job, apart Mm. from what I do. Um, I never, I was determined to never get wrapped up in work again to that point and lose myself and my reasons. 
Mm-hmm. And the relationships that you have that are so dear to you, right? Yeah. Your relationship Absolutely. with Josh and your kids. And yeah. as we both know, they grow up, the kids grow up so fast and, and pretty soon your job is really done. And you just hope that they come home for Christmas and, and the holidays and yeah. call you on your birthday. Um, I hope my kids are listening to this. Um, but no, I mean, it's just, um, it is amazing how something like this can take us down and everybody's got something that help that takes some time to get over. How long did it take you to like, kind of like get back up on your feet and, and not get to the top of the mountain, but at least you're on your way, on, on your way there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. I, I think it was kind of all in all, I mean, two years, you know, mm-hmm. I know I, I spent the first year in clinical counseling and became fully aware of how inappropriate and toxic that environment was. I moved on to another counselor who was a cognitive behavioral therapist. And then that was a game changer for just reshaping my thinking patterns. Um, one really important decision I made was I went back to school at 40 years old to finish my undergrad. And the beauty of this decision was even though to kind of get your, your 40 year old mind back into school mode was very hard. Yeah. I would say (laughs) difficult. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. Um, it was also really, really cool. And, um, so helpful for me to be able to process everything that had happened through all of the written discussions that you do through your coursework. So I was able to process about all of these experiences, experiences in an anonymous way. And it was like this safe bubble for me for, you know, those two and a half years to do that. Um, a couple other things I did was, you know, my sister was like, you need to stop being alone. It was this whole isolation thing. So I, you know, she's like, you need to work out with people. And so I joined orange theory, you know, fitness, and that kind of became my, my workout tribe. Um, meditation, journaling, I mean, spending time with people that haven't given up on you. Those were, that's what I, those were my actionable steps that I put really started to build into those two years um, that helped me work through that pain, I think, in a really healthy way. It wasn't easy, but. Um, you did it. You did it. And yeah. I love the idea that you, you know, I love your sister for starters, because sisters love each <laughs> other, right? And so that yeah. was so smart. And to just kind of like find something. First of all, what do you like? Yeah. Yeah. So not like you're going out and, and looking for friends or people to hang with. Mm-hmm. You discovered, oh, I do like to work out. Let's go start there. And I do love those, you know, I was used to be in pure bar, but I love the idea of your, there's your community. And then from that, it starts to build, you know, then you get to build with like-minded people and it's great people good and good people find good people. Yeah. Um, it, it helps you to heal that you're, you know, you're okay. Um, Cause that was, you know, that was really, um, when you share your story like that, it's so much darker and deeper because I think the shame is looking back and saying, how could I take that? Right. Yeah. How could I take that and not realize that was not cool and um, could stay in that situation. It, it just, it, it's interesting. It does take more time to heal from that. That's just not something you can just like snap out of it. Okay. Joanna, just snap out of that. You have to give yourself the grace to be able to, to um, walk through it in your own time, in your own way. And I love that you found ways to do that with the focus of two and a half years. I mean, just to go back to school, that takes 
focus and achiever to do that because you had your eye on the goal Mm -hmm. and you didn't give up and all the good things that came from that. I think that's part of our faith walk too, you know, um, just walking the walk and, and knowing that it's being guided um, in some way, not even knowing exactly what's going to come from that, because I believe that what you studied has really helped you in what you're doing now, mm-hmm. which is, and tell us what you're doing now, what, and I want to know how you ended up coming around yeah. um, in those two years and how you got, how you got where you are today, working with your sweet husband. And, um, and then we'll talk about how, how fun that is. <laughs> So during this time, you know, Josh had started CU88, um, eight years old, and I began to kind of dip my toe in the water. You know, I wasn't fully convinced that dentistry was human enough for me, if I'm being honest. I mean, oh. everything, this, yeah, everything to this point for me professionally had been very mission, vision driven. And my question was, do dentists and does dentistry have, do they have big hearts and do they love people? Um, in 2018, we went to Anissa Holmes' first Delivering Wow Summit in Jamaica, and Josh and I hardly knew anyone. We were completely new to the dental conference space. I mean, we literally walked in and we were like, hi. <laughs> oh so my funny. gosh. Oh yeah. And I remember hearing speaker after speaker take the stage and tell their stories. <clears throat> By the time Glenn Vo took, took the stage, I remember feeling moved with emotion. And in that moment, I truly understood how human the profession of dentistry is. Dentists and their teams have the biggest hearts and they care about people and they wanna create a difference, you know, in the chair obviously, but even outside of it. So after this experience, I never looked back and dentistry has won my heart over a million times since then. Oh, I love, I love hearing that Joanna because I, you know, I gotta tell you, I have a similar story when I was in college and I remember coming home to my mom and dad and saying, dentistry, I don't know if it's for me, I wanna go into social work. And yeah. so, and then I just happened to get like the letter in the mail, like the next week and I got into dental hygiene. And so the rest was history, but I know exactly what you're thinking. Is it deep enough? Is it, is it, is it, am I going to use the strength, the gifts that I have to save the world? And how can I do that through dentistry? And, um, and yet the people are so good, right? When you meet them yes. and you start to see, and, and everyone's story is worth it, which I love that you are telling stories, not just surface stories. You are, you know, if if anyone is listening and you haven't seen the stories that they uh, produce, direct, uh, please take a look at that because it's so rich and it tells so much. Um, You know, I've always said that um, facts tell stories sell Mm -hmm. and it's, it sells sometimes it's not a great word, but you know, in a sense we are selling ourselves in any occupation that we're in um, because they're their patients are coming to them because of them and not necessarily, they won't stay long if just the office is pretty and they have all the latest and the greatest equipment. It's really what's in their heart. And that's what you guys focus on. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You said that um, even more beautifully than I could. (laughs) Oh no. Um, It's it's so true. It's, it's the heartbeat of what we do. Um, The heartbeat of our whole team is, to capture the essence and the story of that unique person, what they've lived through, the, the parts of their story they want to bring to life. And they want, you know, their audience, their patients community to like, you know, um, connect with and embrace and, 
um, it's, uh, it's the best kind of marketing. It honestly is. And, um, you know, yeah, obviously we want to grow as a company, but we're in it to serve the dentist and, you know, the practices that we get to work with at the end of the day, we're in it to build true, really genuine relationships with them. And that's the best part for all of us, for sure. I know it. I know that's why we love each other so much, Joanna, because it's, it's the dues we come together. We, we just, you know, we just love each other and so lift each other up and, and, just extracting. And so many people think I don't even have a story. I've asked people to write yes. for us and like, I don't really have anything to say, or I'm not really sure. But you know, if you dig a little deeper and you look inside that person, they have a beautiful story to tell. And they have many beautiful stories to tell. And you guys, for some reason, you and Josh, you have landed on your ministry. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes you think, oh, it, it's, I'm not doing God's work because I'm in dental and it's not being in the church. Isn't it cool to be actually be in dental and knowing that you're doing God's work? Yeah, it absolutely is. I mean, it's not, you know, both of us went through the seminary program and training and spent all this time together in vocational ministry. And it just looks different now. We still get to love people. We still get mm -hmm. to serve. We get, we were, you know, we're leading teams. Our team is growing. And so it does feel very familiar. It's just, it's not within the four walls of a church, yeah. but ministry doesn't have to be. Your calling doesn't, isn't limited to a building or a space. So I think finally accepting that and realizing that um, has brought me pure joy. Definitely. Yeah. There's nothing like, you know, realizing what your calling is and then, and then every day you can get up and you can, you know, do it. I mean, I do lay in bed and, you know, ask for the ability, the courage, and the will uh, on a regular basis, but dentistry is my lane. And I, that's when I started to do, it was interesting. And I think, you know, that, and most people will hear this story again, but I started it to bring love to dentistry and um, dedicate it to mother Teresa, because she's all about love. And then it was about women. And then it's, it's really, we just happened to be in dentistry. So whether I'm working and, and bringing uh, strengths and bringing the strengths because that I took the strengths course in within our church, um, St. Matt's. And it was like, apparently the guy that started strengths, I think, I, I don't know if I told you this or not, but he was a devout Catholic. And so he has the, 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 the book that I read very similar to the book that you have read um, was all about the God given talents. And that's what I wanted to bring to to dentistry. I mean, and whatever your higher power is, we're all born in the womb with great, with greatness. Cause you know, he, he doesn't make junk. He just makes good stuff. And then he believes that we can, we can do anything in our, that we're good at. Right. I mean, it's just like, let's stay in that lane. And that's, that's joyful. Cause I don't think he wants us to struggle and be miserable our entire lives. And I feel for people when they grind out the job and then they retire and it's like oh isn't it a gift for you guys for you guys for you and Josh to be able to see your calling in front of you every time a new person or a new office or a new team steps in front of your cameras mm -hmm. that must be feel so wonderful and, and, and exhilarating to, to extract it I was just thinking of that word exhilarating that sums it up completely. Uh, we just did a, you know, 
we also work with individuals, non-practice brands, you know, mm -hmm. as well. So personal brands and companies that want to, you know, rebrand and tell their story. And uh, just this past week did a, a branding, you know, content session for um, the beloved, awesome Sonia Dunbar. And I just kind of, you know, when I'm in the middle of those production sessions, I always step back and just go, wow, this is, I mean, is this work? This is so incredible to be able to help you know, this awesome person, not only tell their story, but make them just have the day of their lives, just feel like they're on cloud nine. And, um, it's really, it's, it's extremely special. Um, and one other thing I wanted to say was earlier, you had mentioned that sometimes people believe they don't have a story and that's so true. And we hear that really often and you kind of think, well, everybody does, but I think even, going through this painful experience and even stepping back and looking on my life, I struggled with, well, what parts of my story do I share? And it's kind of um, prevented me sometimes from maybe going, like saying yes to opportunities because I just didn't feel like I had that clarity. And we love, you know, helping practices and brands find that clarity and then taking that branding through, you know, all the steps, right? Like in the digital space. I'm personally, I have to give a shout out to Manal Sampat because I am, she's helping me individually clarify my story and what parts do I want to share? And Manal, I hope you listen to this and I hope that I did an okay job in my first podcast. Oh, I I'm God. sure she has, she'll have some critique for me, but bless her. She is um, so amazing at what she does. And if you're going to work with her, you're going to have homework and you're going to have to really stick to it and do the stuff. But it's, it's really just stopping to take the time to figure out who do I need to work with or talk to, to help me clarify what my story is, because we all have one. Yes, we all do. And then how cool is it too, that you, you know, you met Manal through, I think probably through you. Uh, and then, and, and that um, someone like that, again, see something in you. And I, you know, this is bringing back memories to me on our first call. Remember, yeah. I was like, I want just, yeah. I want to know if you could talk or, you know, would you like to speak? Oh, I don't really have yeah. anything to say. And then would you <laughs> write? No, I really don't have anything to say. And, and you have yeah. so much to say. And, you know, also, Joanna, when you get to this point too, it, it brings to mind for me and, and Manal, she is amazing. I just adore her. I, I've, I adopted her from day one. And um, she's just something, and, and I love the thing about, I love about Manal and so many of, of our dues is they're so generous, right? Mm -hmm. She's doing this for love as well. And we all have yeah. our businesses, but it's, it's, it always is based in love. Yeah. And I just, I think it's so great that she can bring that out and you're getting yeah. the bravery at this time, because look, you could have waited, Joanna, you yeah. could have waited. It could be another 10 years or something like that, but this is your time. This yeah. is how you're, you're grown and the life that you're leading, even with your, with your work mm -hmm. has opened up you in so many wonderful ways. And then trickles down to the kids and your family wow. and your friends and everybody that, you know, it's just, it's, it's a uh, bliss and freedom, I guess. Totally. And you have pushed me to come out of my shell and kind of, you know, you've been a part of just helping me find my voice and find the courage to, you know, own my voice, speak, speak it, clarify it, you know, writing articles for the do life magazine and 
um, you know, even being on this podcast, these are really incremental big steps for me personally. And I, yeah, I just appreciate you like oh, so, I, much, so much. I appreciate you too. I appreciate you coming on. I did not realize that this was going to be your first guest appearance, but <laughs> you nailed it and you, you oh. hit it out of the park. I mean, just sharing who you are, how special you are and how special you are going to make other people's lives and how special they're going to feel being in the same room with you. I want to shout out to you because Sonia Dunbar wouldn't have had that opportunity if you haven't, you hadn't gifted that to her for our retreat. And it was such a generous donation and just something that I you just, it was lovely how you reached out to us from the very beginning. So, you know, and always contributed to us, Joanna. I will never forget it because you were one of the first pe per people that ever stood up, st stepped up to um, support our retreat. Mm -hmm. You saw something. And then together, we're just going to continue this journey of bringing love to dentistry, having all the people in dentistry love what they're doing. I mean, I think when you when they tell, what do you find when someone actually, how did it go after Sonia finished her day? I would just give us a little snapshot of like, I know her, she was beaming from ear to ear and so yeah. was Gerald, right? But yeah, yeah. Well, it happened to be one of the, this last week, we had a huge snowstorm. So it, despite all of the ice and snow, it was such an amazing day. Um, and it felt, uh, I think all of our hearts felt really warm at the end of it because we knew we had one, she nailed her video interviews. I mean, like, yeah, I, I next to none. Uh, hardly any editing. <laughs> She's such a pro. She's such a oh. pro. Give that gal a microphone and yes. let her yes. let her rip. I love it. She's very clear on who she is, what she's doing, and how she's doing it. And so, when you are empowered with that clarity, and then you get in front of a video camera, I mean, trust me, all the work it takes to get there, and all the practice, it's worth it. It is worth it because those videos end up being so captivating, and they attract the people you're meant to serve. So that day is just was awesome. And we're so excited to, you know, produce all the rest of her content and just work with, you know, her in the future and you guys for sure. Oh, I love it. I love it. And, and for all the dudes that are listening out there, if you, if you want someone to tell your story and, and make it shine and, and, and give you that a fabulous priceless gift of being the real you. So the world can see you. Um, please reach out to Joanna Scott at Studio 88 and her lovely husband, Josh. And um, and just, you know, the last thing I want to say, and, and, and what I wanted to ask you, do you have anything top of mind that, that you'd like to finish off our podcast today with that you'd like to share? I have one thing. So painful experiences are relative to all of us. I know yeah. that there are women who have been through a million times more than this story that I shared about, you know, being in an unhealthy work environment, getting, you know, fired and all that. But one common thread is true. Living in fear, living in shame and isolation will never serve any of us. And my favorite question that I ask myself on a regular basis, when I begin to give into that fear mindset is what would I do right now if I wasn't afraid? So when you ask yourself that question, what pops into your head? Listen to those thoughts and those ideas that are liberated from fear. Your heart might be telling you something, might be telling you it's time for a change. It's time to move on from a job or, 
um, something that's, you know, maybe draining you that you've been ignoring, um, it might be telling you to go for it. And when we tap into a fearless mindset, that's when we are truly free to be who we're meant to be and do what we're meant to do. Oh my goodness. And be unstoppable. Oh my gosh. That just really wraps this up beautifully. Wraps it up beautifully. Do principle number two, keep doing you. Everybody listening, know that you are worth it. And as Joanna has coined, your story is worth it. So thank you, Joanna Scott, for joining me today. It has been a deep pleasure of mine. And I wish you all the success in the world. And we'll have all of this in the show notes, how to get in touch with you and um, tell us how we can go right now if you're listening and you want to uh, find out more about Studio 88. Absolutely. Well, I love making friends on Instagram. Um, I'm on the gram anytime. You can find me at Joanna F. Scott. Um, you can follow Studio 88 as well on Instagram at Studio and then 8E8. And then obviously we're s88.com and we'd love to talk with you or answer any questions or just connect, make friends. We love making friends. (laughs) I know we love making friends. That's it. Good people find good people and good dudes find good dudes. And thank you again, Joanna Scott. You know, that's all. Thank you. You bet. You bet. Thank you, dear. Keep let's keep doing us. Okay. Love it. Yes. Love it. All right. Thank you. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the just do it podcast hosted by Ann Duffy. To learn more about dental entrepreneur women, to share your story, or to join the movement, please visit our website, do.life. That is D-E-W dot life. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app to make sure you don't miss an episode. And in the meantime, keep doing you.